Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Jean-Pierre L.E., Izzy Alcafas, and Akash Patel. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the DTC Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, JP Hurley. Joining me this week, Izzy, the Pharaoh Fantasy Alcafas. I'm rushing through this because we've got some sweet stuff to cover, by the way. Izzy, I'm not sure if you noticed the speed. The tempo has increased. Bang, bang. Akash has noticed. Yep, Akash is nodding his head. The tempo has increased. And the reason why is because the season is kind of winding down, and it's very important to make some trades right now. If you're, If you are allowed to make trades, right? We're in the two-minute drill. This is the two-minute drill. That's right. This is the uh, two-minute drill of the of dynasty season. It might be like the least exciting time of year for most owners, right? Wouldn't you say that? Like the playoffs are fun, but it's I think like this is pretty exciting. You think it's more exciting? I yeah, because like this is when this is when uh, the the trades for the desperation trades happen. Like, oh, somebody's really going for it. Yeah, you know, so make some boneheaded <laughs> trades. Yes, that's true. Also joining Akash Patel. Akash, you said you got a couple of trades to cover. I'm excited to hear about these. So yeah, this is what I'm we're going to do with this week's podcast. Yep, we're going to we're gonna kind of go around the horn a little bit, talk about a trade that we've made in the last like week or so, break it down, talk about the strategy behind it, talk about some of the players and like the value and stuff like that, um, but kind of just like go in depth on breaking down some trades and maybe talking about different players and stuff like that. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, Izzy, which one did you want to start with? Because we have uh, a couple of options to begin with here. Mm. Uh, well, should we, uh, I'll start, I guess I can start cause I have two that I've made in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So do one of them. I'll do one and then we can roll it down. I'll finish the, with the yep. last one. Okay. I like it. So I'll just do the, the, the latter. So the one I've done, sorry, not the, the, the former, I'll do the former. So a couple of weeks, uh, eight days ago, right before week 12, right? Cause it's week 13, right before week 12. Um, I moved Gabe Davis and Darnell Mooney for Rashad White and a early 23 second or mid twenty early to mid 23 second. Let's call it, let's call it 204. I, uh, I have a pretty, um, I have a pretty good team. It's only four teams make the playoffs. So, and I'm currently in the four spot and my running backs have been decimated this season. I, I went with a six stable of running backs, and I kind of went through some tumultuous times. I had some good depth at receiver, and I was like, all right, you know what? Gabe Davis, I, I love Gabe Davis, but I don't like the inconsistent production. I'm, I'm just looking for splash plays at this point, and I needed, I needed more of that solidified asset in my lineup. And that doesn't necessarily mean Rashad White is going to be that, but this is kind of more of a hedge on a long-term potential play. Because I don't think Tampa Bay brings somebody else in, and Lenny's there. And eventually, I can see this turning into what we're kind of seeing with Pollard and Zeke, where Pollard is now getting more of the work, more of the touches overall. I think that will happen next year with White, even if Lenny's around town, and I think he will be. So... I like it. And I like getting the second. Mooney ended up <laughs> going on IR right after I made the trade, so he got hurt that <laughs> that week. But just just the way the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, thoughts. I guess I can kind of. And what's funny is now this week comes down to Rashad White. Yeah, because I'm going up against God when I'm only up two points. But mm-hmm. like my team is so good. I have, I have Mahomes and, and Herbert, Fields and Dak at quarterback. This is a 12 team league. Superflex, and then I have JT Swift. I lost um, Javanta. I had Eli Mitchell at one point too before he got hurt and then replaced. Uh, I had Cam before he sucked. I have AJ Dillon, um, and then now I have Rashad White. So right now my starting running backs are Taylor Swift and 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 White with Cam Akers. He had a little bit of a bounce back week last week. Yeah, <laughs> all the ten people that started him really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I did. I did not get him in the lineup. Uh, and then I have Higgins, Amonra, Pittman, Deontay, um, Sutton, and Bell. I guess. Yeah. 
So, and Deontay's in Sutton's kind of on the bench right now. And then I have Hawk at, at tight end. Um, mm-hmm. It's a non tight end premium, so I don't really care about the position. So, Solid I feel player. like I have a, yeah, I have, a, I have a really good team. And I'm just kind of trying to ensure that I stay in this fourth playoff spot. Now I'm only up two points with Godwin versus White. So we shall see. It, it's going to be interesting to see if I get in. It's a fine trade, obviously. Uh, never been a big Gabe guy's role this season. It's not something that's going to always translate to fantasy points. Obviously, there is big play potential, so he does have some weeks. But 17% target share, even in the that in like one of the best most pass-happy offenses in the NFL can really only get you so far to like a wide receiver three numbers. And so nothing, no one expecting anything special from, from Gabe. From Mooney, it's uh, a little bit of similar where it's like nothing too special. He has a fine role. It's better than Gabe's in a worse offense that passes less. And that's why his role like on a percentage basis is much higher just because they don't pass as much. Because when you have Mooney, I said this all over the offseason too, like, when Mooney's your wide receiver one, it's not conducive to a good passing offense. And so obviously we expect yeah. Chicago to bring in more guys. Mooney was a little, like low draft, low drafted guy. He's never been anything too special. Now he's hurt. Uh, Rashad White, love his receiving profile coming out of college. Like he's shown that, um, like in a little bit when he wasn't a starter, and then he started last week and had I think like nine catches. It was great. Expect more of that to come. Like there's nothing that we've seen from him that's like. Super impressive as a rusher, but that really doesn't matter for his value right now uh, as a rookie. Like, he could play the rest of the season and break, like, three tackles per game or something, and then his value increases come January just because he's young and catches passes. Um, So I think that's really solid. And obviously, I love an early second in this class. So I like your trade. Yeah, thank you. Hurley, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the Rashad White thing is... uh a very interesting thing for me. Like, I I don't know. Did anybody expect him to kind of like come on this strong this season right away? Because he kind of had like, a, it was a little bit of a cloudy I situation. I thought it was possible. I thought it was possible. I, I definitely did. Okay. So I looked at, I kind of faded white in the draft just because he was going in that two so gray. Then if, it, if, range. if white faded, is that gray? Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good call. Um, and, and the reason for that was I looked at it and I said, okay, Lenny's schedule or uh, Lenny's contract. They're going for the the win. They're in the win now yeah. mode. I don't think they're willing to throw a rookie out there. Lenny's going to get his, and then maybe in a couple years, White. So I was going to try to buy low sometime in the season. Um, and I think you could have at some point, like in the first six weeks, you could have got him at a pretty pretty decent price in the mid second to late second. So you could have got a little discount there. But now I kind of look at it. I, I think Lenny has has looked. He's he's on the same platform as Zeke. It works. Minus the minus the absolutely massive contract and the pass blocking chops that Zeke provides. Like Lenny is easily more replaced. Like he's replaceable. Yeah. And he doesn't have Jerry Jones. Lenny's been worse this season. Like this season he's been one of, if not the worst volume rusher in the entire NFL in terms of a efficiency basis. He's been bad. James Conner's gotta be up there too. Connor's been all right, uh, not as bad. I mean, I I was pulling Wait. it up right as you're saying it, but like in terms of rushing yards over expected uh, per carry, Leonard Fournette's t- like basically tied with worst in the NFL with Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Damn, that's tough. Below Najee Harris, if you can believe that. Wow, mm-hmm. that is, that is it's tough. rough. Yeah. So I, I look at the white getting white as. We talked about this last week is there are about a dozen running backs that are going to land in some sort of home next year. It's going to shuffle the deck completely in the – and I think in the landscape. And I, I think with Tampa Bay, with Lenny and um, Rashad there next year, I don't think they even bring anybody – come close to bringing anybody else Yeah, especially in. if Brady doesn't return. They don't have – seem like I think, they don't have the – I don't know what don't, Leonard Fournette's contract looks like because I don't pay that much attention to contracts, but – could he be? Well, he signed an extension. Yeah, and I, seven. I'm pretty sure he's there for two more years. Seven mil per year. Like it was like three years, twenty one mil per. But like, is there a possibility they can get out of it? Because if so, I would not be surprised if they tried to do something just because how bad he is and his age and the fact that they drafted White. Uh, if they get out of it or something, then. Well, so did you look it up? 
I'm looking at it right now. So he he has a he signed a deal. Um, so now he his next out is 2024. 24. Okay. Yeah. So he'll be on the roster next year. Yeah. Um, but and and I I'm totally okay with that. Like I said, I'm yeah. totally fine buying into White right now at that price. Me too. Having him be that even early career Eckler, early career McCaffrey, where he just gets out there. Catches five, six passes, gets you 10 to 12 points, whatever the case may be. You throw him in your flex, whatever happens. And then in 2024, maybe he's a head of a committee some in, in Tampa Bay, potentially. So it's at this point, it's just kind of trying to find a running back to help me the rest of the way in case Swift, which will go down like he always does. And then being able to just kind of find a potential starting running back next year with all the craziness as early as this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was the 204 ish you said 204. Right now the pick that I'm getting at the second is 204. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh yeah, Rashad White obviously I don't know, he could lead a uh committee i don't know we'll see what happens tonight cuz we're recording this before Monday night football. Yeah. But Leonard Fournette's going to play and We'll see what the split looks like with Rashad White. But yeah, it's definitely something where if I have, like, just in a broader sense, if I have Rashad White and I have him in, like, not, not like, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it is very high, like, probably like 40% of my leagues, which is a lot when you play in 15 dynasty leagues. Uh, it's definitely very aggressive by me. Um, if it's that much, I'm okay with selling off a couple right now. Um, but by and large, he's a hold for me just because you're going to see the value remain relatively stable from now until the end of the season. And I'll just like, uh, I'll address what's happening. I can see what, what he looks like in, uh, in like January, February before any potential movements can change the value. Like I can evaluate him and get like a, instead of just looking like week to week and trying to game the market like that. So. I'm a fan of buying Rashad White right now just because of the, uh, like, obviously it fills a need for you. So that's a good trade. Yeah, makes sense. Should we move on to the next trade? Yeah. Akash, let's do yours next. All right. So this is a league where I'm contending, like, a soft contender with a good future just because, I don't know, made some trades that I like. So, like, I have multiple future firsts in 2023 and 2024, but I'm still eight and four in third place, um, lost Lamar. So maybe that sucks. But before this week's games, I traded George Pickens, who was on my bet, who was on my taxi. Uh, so I wasn't getting any points out of him. Traded him for uh, Calvin Ridley in a 25 first, just because the guy didn't have any other first. It's far, it's far away. It's the first 25 first that I've traded for. Um, but as we move into the offseason, people are starting to look at the 25 first the way that we looked at the 24s um at the like the middle of the last off season and so obviously like I'm paying a steep hold tax um and this is just like a casual league so it's definitely quite a tax to pay or it's like oh, maybe this league lasts how long maybe it doesn't but um value wise it's a so why why did you do it um George Bacon's peripherals right now it's not something I normally care about uh, where it's like, oh, he's like middle of the season with uh, his draft capital and all that and his value. His value is like definitely a way ahead of where he's actually been producing on a per route basis and like on a per game basis. And so he's like a soft sell for me. Um, and it's not something where I'm like panic selling. Uh, like, like I was saying, uh, I'm not going to panic sell him middle of the rookie season just because it can get better and his value is probably going to remain relatively stable for the rest of the season. Uh, but I don't know, the guy just came to me with the offer and I'm a big fan of buying Calvin Ridley just because his value is also um, going to go up as he returns to playing football. And so this was just like a value move for me where I'm not like, obviously his George Pickens had uh, one point this last week. Um, rest of the season, I would expect probably like nine to 11 points per game. It's nothing that I'm going to miss his production. Um, so like that that's not factoring in and then when you look at his how he's been performing on the field i think value wise is a little overrated and so if i can if moving off of him right now and getting someone who i who i do think has difference making production in a range of outcomes as he gets back onto the field uh in calvin ridley and his value is going to increase as that comes to fruition 
uh, it was just a move where I'm just getting a lot of points for the future and uh, continuing to stack value. Just because my team, like right now, is one that I'm pretty happy with. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen rest of the season with Lamar Hurt, but I have McCaffrey, Saquon, Amon Ross St. Brown, Deontay Johnson, um, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Wanda Robinson, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson. So definitely some injuries. So I don't know if I'll exactly win this year, but looking towards the future, I definitely feel like I can uh, like make a big impact next year. Deshaun Watson, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win this week, thanks to like Amonra and Samaj P. Ryan. Despite Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson combining for seven points. Oh my god, I never pull out. <laughs> oh yeah, I also have Rashad White on my taxi. I love this team. Let's go. It's a ten teamer, by the way. So the base first is one hundred five, middle of the pack instead of one hundred six. It's not that big of a difference, but it's a little bit of a difference. The floor of that pick is a little bit higher. I feel you could have gotten more, and then that's kind of the only. That's kind of the main reason I don't like the deal is mm-hmm. maybe you you time value of money two years down. Like that's yeah, that's really yeah, tough. Definitely. Like you said, the the tax on that is really tough. So I think the I think biggest you, thing to pay in the hold tax is from now until the off season, just because no one's looking at twenty five first right now. Like. I, I did not feel great about getting a 25 first. I would obviously love a 24 first instead because I'm like really heavily targeting 24 first. Same way that like did everyone. You, did you try I, to get one? He didn't have one. No, but what about the other eight guys in your league? <laughs> he wanted Calvin them? Ridley. No, they didn't have Calvin. Yeah. You wanted, so you made this trade to get Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And a a soon to be 28 year old Calvin Ridley that has been yeah, out absolutely. of football for a year. Yeah. So, absolutely. You, okay. so it's the same. It's the same thing as, uh, I mean, you were on my side with the Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah, but he's but he's he's now a twenty eight year old. <laughs> I am a uh, wide receiver. I feel identically yeah. about Calvin Ridley as I do Deshaun Watson. Regardless of what you think about his age and uh, him being outside of football, he's guaranteed to increase in value. So, yeah, that's why that's why I have him in forty five percent of my leagues. Yeah, I, I'm more. I'm. I don't think he's guaranteed to increase in value that much. I mean, fundamentally, he is just because he's not providing anything to your team right now. And so when he actually is providing something to your team, everyone knows what his age is. It's not like that's a secret. Everyone knows what he what he is. And so as he returns to the field and people see like uh, and people are going to be talking over the offseason, people are going to be saying what you say about him being out of football for a year, et cetera. People are going to say what I say, where like when he's played, he's been fantastic, like 27 percent target share, 18 points per game um, in his top five season. And then he was. Very similar production uh, in terms of like how he earned targets in the small sample of five games before. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Th- I don't think he's bad. I just think that you don't make a trade to give up Pickens just to get Ridley. No, I also got future value. But you could get Ridley in a, at a much cheaper price than having to give up Pickens, and you could have you could have gotten Ridley in a separate deal and then still gotten Pickens for a twenty-four first plus somewhere else, like. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Calvin Ridley isn't that hard to acquire. No, yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. And his window is so like wide. I'm saying yeah, it's gonna be a long open window. What I'm what I'm saying is like this is this yeah, this is a league where like I have um let me see, I have uh three firsts in twenty twenty three and I have two firsts in twenty twenty four, now I have two firsts in twenty twenty five. So what I'm what I'm looking at is I'm not losing anything in wide receiver production, obviously, because George Pickens not producing this year for wide receivers and obviously um next year we do expect calvin really to give us some production at wide receiver so what i'm looking at is i'm paying a bit of a tax on a 25 first from now into like say like the next like six months or a year and that's definitely definitely more of a tax than i would pay on 2024 first or 2023 first but then i can take the picks that i do have um in the 2023 class or the or something like that and like if they're late, I can try to like trade them for more difference makers at wide receiver. And I can still keep a lot of future value in the first that I still have. And so what I have like with Amon Ross St. Brown, like locked in difference maker, Deontay Johnson's like up in the air because his peripherals, peripherals are great. Like, and then on a per route basis and he earns targets well, he doesn't do well on them when he does get them. And so it's something where He's not he's not exactly gonna be like uh like wide receiver, like low end wide receiver one season's probably close to his ceiling like he had in twenty twenty one, but 
like he's a fine producer. But then when I'm like pushing the chips in next year, when, when I have like a full season of Watson, full season of Lamar, Caffrey, Saquon, et cetera, and all that, then I can start to be looking towards, okay, I have a like multiple firsts in 2024, multiple firsts in 2025. If I want to, I can get a rookie with this, these 23 firsts, or I can try to look towards difference making at wide receiver. And so I'm just kind of kicking value down the road just because I have so much of it that it's just growing, building on itself, and I can push the chips in a lot easier. You could have done the same thing by just acquiring, like I said, in a separate, get a 2024 first, and then when a 24 first comes around, trade that for a 25 first plus. Yeah, you're so right. like you just slowly build to that 25 first, mm-hmm. even if you don't, you know, even if yeah, you want to draft that. somebody. But I'll get I'll give this because of pure laziness. This is a purely this is a lazy trade by by Akash Patel. Yes, I do not like putting effort into trades. It's so hard to get responses. Yeah, like this was like a I don't want Pickens. I want to get out from Pickens. I, I don't like his profile. I want to get a first. I want Ridley. So I'm just going to make just the la- the path of least resistance to get this done. Yeah, it's not horrible, but I think it's a uh, you're selling really low on Pickens. Um Deontay Johnson has a potential out in his contract in 2023. What happens if they say goodbye to him? What happens if Kenny oh, Pickett progresses? What happens drive somewhere else? I mean there there's a lot of positive narratives stacking in favor of George Pickens, you know. When's he out? When's he out for Deontay? Deontay Johnson has a 2023 like out. this offseason? Yeah, this offseason. I don't really okay. see why the this, uh, spot track saying that because he represents like nine, almost $20 million of dead cap in 2023, but there's it, it, it oh, has wow. that no. potential oh, wow. out listed after the 2022 season. So I, I, I mean... I wonder if it's a pre-post date type of... Oh, maybe, yeah, like before June or something. June, yeah. Mm, okay. If people want to push vacated targets. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's kind of brings up a good point. Like here's the only thing that's here's what's gonna happen with Pickens. Unless he has some off the field issues, the hype is just gonna pick up steam all off season next year. Yeah, right. Like that's what's gonna happen. It does every year. Like he's a Twitter wonder boy. The best camp he's ever yeah, had. I don't understand it. I don't um, understand it. Honestly. And I love Pickens. I, I, I love, love Pickens. young rookies who are who have good college production and Pickens was that minus the ACL tear, but it's just not there so far in the NFL. Obviously, he's a rookie, so it's not like he's a. He was it's not my, like he's a. He was my personal, my personal wide receiver one, like who I, well, my favorite receiver in the draft, not who I would take it? first, but oh, he was my okay. my favorite. I wouldn't take yeah. Your favorite, he was my like, favorite receiver. Akash, are you are you basing your your opinion of him off of like the No, not who I'd root for. Like if I had a if I had a team, like if I was a coach An and I NFL had a team, team, if I had a team, I wouldn't take him first, but I would position myself to be able to to draft Pickens and like fade some of the other receivers. I I'd let him drop. Similar to like a fantasy oh. draft. If I had like the 105 and I needed a receiver, I'd probably fade on Drake. I'd fade on, you know, Garrett Wilson and try to acquire assets to get Pickens Second late round, yeah, at like round. the 112 or 1201, yeah. something like that. That's that's what yeah. I mean, favorite receiver. But yeah, go ahead, Hurley. Sorry to cut you off. Well, I was wondering if Akasha's is uh, kind of like, are you measuring your thoughts of George Pickens using like the normal metrics that you uh, gravitate towards, like target share and stuff? Is that or is it is it like what yeah. you're seeing? Yeah, it's absolutely what his his uh role is on the team okay. so far, and like all that. It's like it's nothing like where he's like dead in the water, where it's like he's Terrace Marshall or anything like that. But it's nothing special. It's it's. I'm trying, yes. to, I'm trying to acquire Terrace Marshall, by the way. <laughs> I dropped him in a league recently. Yeah. Like you a dropped him? Sh- sh- relatively shallow bench. Yeah, it's actually oh, the league I just told you about, where it's ten teamer with a pretty shallow bench. Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously it's like it's like am um, I gonna drop him or like top backups like Dontrell Hilliard or like uh, Deion Jackson? So. No, absolutely not. Why would you do that? If if okay, so if so like okay, we get we can talk about this because I want to. But in Dynasty, well, Dontrell Hilliard, Dontrell Hilliard's role doesn't change if if Derrick Henry gets hurt. Why not? He'll get a few more carries, and he's already used in the receiving game. He's a good receiving. Yeah, a few back. more, but not enough to really move the needle. Yeah, he is a good receiving back, and he's on for passing downs just about every passing down, and he's still not even – you can't even plug him in. You can't even use him right now. Right. If Derrick Henry went down, I would I would put Dontre Hilliard to someone who can get me like 10 to 12 points, and that's absolutely fine. That's like what I would – that's great to roster, like just fillers like that. I definitely thought like, that going if into Marshall, the season. If Terrace Marshall, like his role right now, 
nothing fantasy relevant. If DJ Moore was to go down, still nothing fantasy relevant. Like you're, you're hoping he's secretly good. It's more about if Terrace Marshall has a boom week, he doesn't even have to do a back-to-back. If he just has a boom week, he has value. He has value because people still remember Terrace Marshall. Like I don't give up on guys like that just because if they string together some, some sort of relevance, people are going to want him. And then you can just flip him. Wasn't there a movie called Forgetting Terrace Marshall? Yep. And that's, that's what Akash is doing. Yeah, no. It's something where... I get I what you're know. saying, like, though. Just, like in, in Dynasty, um, when I'm filling out the end of my bench, I'm just looking to roster as many backup running backs as I possibly can just yeah, to get usable weeks. In general. Yeah, and so that fits, fits the mold where it's like, oh, am I going to have this backup running back or someone who is almost certainly definitively not good? Like, I understand yeah. what you're talking about selling on hype of Terrace Marshall, but, like, what's the difference with, that, like, one boom we can do? Like, will it move it from, like, a hypothetical, like, 306 to 303? I don't, I don't know. Like, people Pe- are... There's people... Every league has multiple individuals that are in love with some sort of young receiver running back. Just every league is like that. So, I want... At the end of my bench, I get what you're saying with backup running backs. It depends on the backup running back. But also the same thing where you can get immediate value is those young assets that have fanboys behind them. Brian Edwards is a great example of this. People held on to him. It's not a bad process to hold on to Brian Edwards because over the last few seasons, if Brian Edwards just strung together something, he'd be worth significantly more. Like just immediately, just off of the fact that- At the beginning of his second season, he was worth something. Like before he played it down in the second season- and people knew he was bad. He had some hype. But he's still being traded for seconds, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Still being traded for seconds? What do you mean? Or are you talking about like beginning of last seasons? Like right now or beginning of last seasons? Talking about Brian Edwards. No, no, not now. Last okay. offseason, yeah. Yeah, and last offseason. doing nothing. And Terrace Marshall, but yeah. It's, it's kind of those guys that have some sort of... If you um, said that about Terrace Marshall at the end of last season, I would have maybe said... There's like a really small chance that he can have Brian Edwards like hype, but we're like we're in the middle of his second year still doing nothing, where he has six points per game. He's at least he's at least playing snaps, getting targets, and producing. Now there's like signs of life. Brian Edwards technically never had signs of life. He was just on the field doing nothing, legitimately doing nothing. He was just he was just running routes. Yeah. But Terrace Marshall's actually receiving work. So there's definitely potential there with Terrace Marshall. He's he's he will be for sure a guy that I'm going to be trying to acquire multiple shares of because he's basically he's nothing. He's free. I got deep team, you know, got deep leagues and throw him on there. If he booms, great. If he doesn't, just drop him later. So I like guys like that. Do you know? Do you guys want to get? Do you know a team right now? Which is on right now? He's on Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. The Falcons literally cut him. Like, they traded for him, like, a yeah. sixth rounder or something. Like, they swapped, like, a sixth for a seventh and then cut him. Uh, how the mighty have fallen. I remember when he was Randy Moss Jr. And Terrell Owens put together. Yeah. Hey, you guys, speaking of people being cut, do you want to just have a really quick NFL news segment before we go into the next trades? Why, because Baker? Yeah, are we going to talk about Baker? Yeah. So, yeah. Eh. I mean... We can talk about Baker and then segue that into San Francisco. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I want to talk about Baker and maybe just like a little bit of a QB talk type of thing. Because I also want to go back and revisit this Deshaun Watson stuff that we had uh, discussion about last week, too. So up to you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baker sucks. I mean, I don't know. Well, actually, I... No, I'm playing. He does suck. <laughs> if Baker sucks. I mean, who's going to... Who cares? Whoever picks him up. He couldn't... He couldn't... He's got a 0% target share. Yeah, that's true. He couldn't keep his job with PJ Walker and Sam Darnold. Like, if you lose your job to those two guys, you're not. He has to be cut. Well, yeah, he was losing his job already. Yeah, he um, already lost right. his job, and yeah. then like, yeah, he gets cut. You're right. You're right. My fault. My fault. It's like it, even if the team picks him up, like the Rams, like great. What, what is he gonna do? Yeah, he thinks more highly of himself than the teams do. Nothing. The only reason I feel like the only reason Rams will pick him up is to stop the 49ers from picking him up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, you'd want honestly. If I'm if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I'm just rolling with Brock Purdy. Is Trey not close enough to coming back? I I would at least if if I'm the 49ers, I at least um like put in a claim for Baker and then yeah. see what he can do in practice. Yeah, because like, you need a backup. Then maybe something. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have Josh Johnson there, yeah. and that's that's it. I mean, Josh Johnson, he's played a handful of games, and he's been a career backup for 15 years. But I would at least look towards Baker to see, like, to get him in the building and see if he can at least do a little bit of something. Because I want Josh Johnson's job. The scheme, the scheme for the 49ers, oh, man, does it work wonders sometimes. And not saying that it'll, like, fix Baker, but you could try to hide some some of the very, very bad and get, like, usable QB play. I mean, by and large, they're fucked either way. So Yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm rolling with Brock Purdy if I'm the Niners. Like, it's good enough. It's not Purdy, but it'll work. It's not yeah. Purdy, yeah. It's not Purdy, but it's good enough. I mean, like, imagine if you're, imagine, like, imagine you're Jed York, like, I would just text Jim Ursay and be like, hey, I'll give you a million dollars right now under the table. Just put Matt Ryan on waivers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Start, yeah, just start a, wait, what's the word for it? Tampering. Tampering. Just start yeah. tampering. Tampering. The tampering period is not open. That's really their best option. Their their best option to continue to contend for a Super Bowl is cheating. Because you're not going to win with Brock Purdy. Yeah, you will. You'll win with Brock Purdy, dude. Can't even win with Jimmy G. He'll, make it, he'll get it done. It's so funny. I picked up Brock Purdy in the league like five minutes before kickoff. How? <laughs> and then, and then, Jimmy, and then uh, just because just I had a roster spot and I like Brock Purdy. So I'm like, all right, I'll just pick him up, whatever. And I, I think Jimmy sucks. So I picked him up and who knows about Trey's foot. I don't know. I just picked him up because he's a rookie and. He didn't look bad in his little spot start that he had or his little game time that he had. So, like, he, forget it. He handed up the ball to air. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Jordan oh, Mason yeah. is running to his right. He turns to his left and hands the ball yeah. off to air. <laughs> air is a good running back. Yeah, I mean, that's, hey, you know, those are those are things that happen to every rookie, you know, but I'm just like, we whatever. There. I took a chance on him, and it's just funny, like, Jimmy G gets hurt right a chance on 15 me. minutes after I pick him up. Yeah, no, that Jeez. is crazy, but. Then when you look at the weapons, I don't know. Uh, this is not a pretty sight for the weapons of San Francisco. They're going to be fine, dude. Brock Purdy. Brock <sighs> Purdy season. He'll run it all right. Like, he'll run the system fine. Like, yeah. I do trust the talent of the weapons. It's just they're already pretty rough. Like, CMC will continue to be CMC, especially with no Elijah Mitchell. Had, like, 17 carries. I don't think they're going to miss Jimmy G. That's kind of the point. I, I think if, if yeah. you were a fan of – if you were a fan of San Fran winning the Super Bowl – it wasn't because of Jimmy G, and I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be that far off of Jimmy G. I think he has a, like a lower NFL ceiling in terms of, especially on a sure, game-to-game but, basis. It, it definitely can hurt. It's just something where, like, obviously I'm not a Jimmy G like stan or like think that he's so great. I think he obviously, he plays in the system, he runs it well, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like when you have Brock Purdy, who was like one pick away from being an undrafted free agent uh, my expectations are not high even if it even in a great system hey guess what hey who is that seventh i gotta forget his name who is that seventh rounder tom brady yeah no, he was sixth oh it was a sixth rounder what no 246 was no he, he was 199 oh one, who's 246 am i getting confused that was purdy no he was like <laughs> 242 or something 247 maybe it was purdy yeah <laughs> damn so no i don't yeah that's like basically the last pick is is uh 246 I'll take it. Brock Purdy season. Hurley, what's your trade? Here's the trade. Uh, Akash set up his like league uh, by saying like when uh, when he was setting his trade up, his the context of the league was like he's a soft contender. So I'm gonna say this one's a hard contender. Okay. Mm. It's really hard. Mm. Um, <laughs> Very hard. Nasty. Yeah. Uh, like eleven and one. Um, kind of running away with this one. So it's kind of been fun. And this trade kind of just fell into my lap. Like a uh, a guy in our league broadcasted that he's planning on trading away Tony Pollard and he's uh in a in a rebuild and I think this trade is not going to be very compelling or interesting to discuss like which side but I think you wanted to go into this because of a a process discussion mm. I love process so here this is so I gave up Isaiah Likely and this is a tight end premium 12 man <laughs> league um I gave gave up Isaiah Likely and Tyquan Thornton to receive Tony Pollard, and I got Chuba Hubbard. This is two. This is what last week and Chuba Hubbard oh before last week. Uh, I forget. Chuba. Yeah, it was uh, twelve days ago. Okay, so yeah, but so I can't just forget Chuba Hubbard when I was like, when I would definitely take Chuba above Typhoon Thornton. Yeah, and then between Chuba and Likely, I would lean Likely, but only by a, like a little bit. You would likely, then... you would likely lean Likely. 
I would likely lean like it. I would take Chuba or I'd take Chuba behind both uh, Taekwon and, and likely ahead of both uh, out of Chuba. But but let, let's let's not talk about the trade because the trade is obviously lopsided. Well, actually, I would like to disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, likely that's a ridiculous um, trade. I, this is this is something that people do. They get a philosophy, and it's like they try to prove a point that they're willing to do crazy things to get people to bite on certain trades or i don't know i this is like an mfl philosophy it's it's not a it's not a good strategy this this individual also is very uh, well they put up a for, for for instance Deontay foreman was put on the block for a second yep if i don't get a second i'm going to drop him this is right after McCaffrey got uh, traded and it's like well nobody's going to give you a second performance that's just not yeah. going to happen so you just take your third and walk and yeah. his whole thing was a third is a roster clogger well what? if you have zero wins the third is not okay, on your roster if you have zero wins you don't really have that many good players mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. a third is more valuable than any player because a third could be any rookie that has a good camp that has good news you're better mm-hmm. off just taking a third than just dropping the individual. Just having that asset. Because a lot of times you can take a third and pair that up with another third and during the draft and get a future second. Yeah. So possible. it's just you gotta compile assets to when you rebuild. As many dart throws as possible. Give me Absolutely. all the thirds, the fourths, the fifths. I don't care what they are. I'll take them and I'll just keep throwing darts. Uh so I don't necessarily like the strategy. And for him, it's like, well, I need to get out from under Pollard. He's going to be a 26-year-old running back. I'm still a couple years away from contending. But the the problem with that is you're not maximizing your value. Like, get the best possible offer. Don't just wait for somebody to send you a deal and just accept it, whatever that deal is. And apparently he had a deal on the table that was actually a better deal for him but the person that would have received Tony Pollard had a roster issue. Like they were over the limit for the roster and they didn't respond to this individual fast enough. So then he just took no way Hurley's trade, which was wow. so lucky. which was significantly worse. So they had agreed <laughs> upon deal. Right they had agreed upon deal. They sent he sent the deal and he couldn't accept it because the guy had a roster issue. And the guy didn't get back to him. So then he just made the deal with Hurley. So it's just, this is poor process all the way around. Mm-hmm. And by the way, t- Pollard is an, is uh he's another one of these free agent running backs and going into twenty twenty three, right? So he it's it's like another. Yeah. I don't even like like when looking at his age, like obviously, it's not he's not young for a running back. But yeah, he's gonna be twenty six. Yeah, he's right? the running back seven on the season. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he's the running back two since week eight. And for average, he's the running back one. Uh, uh, no, he's also the running back two since week eight, but only because of. Joe Mixon. He's a fantastic player. Like we all know, he's a fantastic player, right? Um, and then obviously the situation he's in is not maximizing his talent because he is splitting carries with Zeke. And even if it is a uh, like like we saw last night, where they're just piling on their great offense, scoring a bunch of touchdowns, and both of them can have good weeks. Like it's something where the uh, like the the hype of him entering free agency and becoming the RB one for another team is very very real. Yeah. So like even though he's a twenty six year old running back, I view him as an ascending asset. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Temporary a temporary ascending asset. Could we call it that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I'm if I like have him on a like I have he's him on so a good. team that's a he's I have so him on good. a rebuilding team. Like I traded Connor for him straight up like right before Zeke got hurt and he started to blow up, and I'm I'm holding him. Yeah, I'm just holding him, like, even though it's a rebuilding team. I've been saying on this podcast for two and a half years now, like, why is Pollard just sitting behind Zeke not touching the football? Like, Pollard's been better as a runner, just as a runner, with the ball in his hands than Zeke for the last two and a half years. And Hurley can attest, dating back to when Nick Whalen was on our show a couple years ago, it's just like, Tony Pollard's better. He's better. Sure. Zeke can pass protect and he's got the fundamentals, but you get the you want the ball in Tony Pollard's hands, not in Zeke's hands. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even close. And it Absolutely. hasn't been close for two years. Yeah. And it's starting to come more and more to fruition just because it's a shame that he's now twenty he's gonna be now twenty six, like just sitting there rotting behind Zeke for four years. I wonder if they like 
I don't know. It would be like a kind of nightmare scenario if they extend him as and like. Can QT. they though? I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't know. I don't pick like, in the cap. But, but he he can definitely get like a mat, like a really good offer somewhere else. Or I often wonder what would happen in a guy's career had they been drafted by a different team or been realized sooner. You know, and t- Tony Pollard is one of those guys. You know, and it's almost like, do you guys remember when Russell Wilson was like a rookie? Um. I can't remember who what, there was a there was an old Hasselbeck. vet they brought on. Yes, was it Hasselbeck? Um, Hasselbeck so. was was, was yeah. Hasselbeck I think was going to be like the start the the name starter. Hasselbeck was there before. Russ. Yeah, I don't know if it, like they brought him on. That's true. But yeah, he, he was just there. He was just there, and like Russell Wilson, despite not having an extremely great pedigree, um, was kind of mm-hmm. like having. Wasn't it? Go ahead. Was this the Matt? Was this the Matt Flynn season? Oh yeah, it was Flynn. It wasn't Hasselbeck. Matt You're right. Flynn. Because because Flynn had that Bay. seven was it six that six touchdown or seven touchdown? He had like that yes yeah, like four hundred yards and six touchdowns yeah and then he got that contract and he got on the contract yes you're right yeah. my fault my fault came over from Green Bay so it was yeah they brought him in he was like the named starter Russell Wilson outperformed him in the in the off season and and like the Seahawks organization was smart enough to be you know recognize Russell Wilson's talent put him in obviously that worked out really well for Seattle not so much for Denver. But like, I, I often say. wonder, like, wh- what other Russell Wilson's stories could have happened? And Tony Pollard is like the main guy I always think about when that happens. Like, what kind of career could this guy have had? You know, Sam Howell. That's kind of sad. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I go. You ever wonder, like, just like imagine, like, like for example, like Nikhil Harry has like it was a great uh, producer in college. Obviously, like in hindsight, there were like separation issues and. Like we've seen players with separation issues succeed in the NFL before, just because there's a lot of different ways to win. Um, well, yeah, that's a different thing where he's just not good at anything anymore. Well, but he was for a couple seasons. I know, but like it's a, it's interesting to think about. It's like in a different like universe, like hypothetically, if like maybe he was drafted by a different team or something like that, like would he have been a success? Maybe I'm not sure. Like was he always bad or like in college and like it was just hidden yeah. or something or like. Or like, was it something where he just wasn't able to translate just because things didn't fall his way? And so he was, uh, he was Laquan Treadwell reincarnated, I guess. Hey man, he had more catches <laughs> than Laquan Treadwell did in his rookie year. <laughs> did he? And he even had a touchdown. Laquan Treadwell has the more hilariously now. famous rookie year of one catch for 15 <laughs> yards. Oh my God. He was the first, he was the original face planter. He's the biggest face planter ever. Yeah. And I remember, uh, like. Going into the last preseason game, he still didn't know the playbook. Like he, Trebo? Yeah, I, I still, I've seen this video. Like he, he went like six months and he still didn't know the playbook. Like, dude, <laughs> there's a YouTuber, there's a YouTuber uh, who makes like funny NFL videos, like compilations, where it's like every single like Tom Brady career catch or something like that. And someone asked him for six months, can you do, please do make a compilation <laughs> of every single Laquan Treadwell rookie reception? And then he did. And it was the one catch. And thanks for watching. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> so that's kind of all the trades. You guys want to? Well, I got, I got one that's more. That's right. You got the one more. I also have one, one more. I also have nice. one okay, more. Nice. Okay, good. I, I so forgot about. I'll make mine relatively quick. So Me too. I've had a stranglehold on this league, as Hurley knows, for quite some Not time. Not anymore. Maybe se- seven, seven years. Jesus. And the wheels fell off the wagon this season um, for a variety of different e- reasons. But basically, you know, I, I had a stable of Stafford, Rodgers, Kyler, Trey Lance. So I had like my two young guys. I had my two old guys. Okay, perfect. They're going to ride off in the sunset. And I'm going to have Kyler and I have Trey Lance. Trey Lance sucks. I still have the old guy. So like I had it leveraged really nicely. Well, Trey Lance gets hurt. Rodgers and Stafford both suck. So now I'm stuck with Kyle. And Stafford get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had Cam Akers, Najee Harris. I had oh. uh um, have you considered Henry. Have you considered roster and good players? Yeah, your portfolio. Derek Henry, Derek Henry, Derek Henry Miles Sanders. So I had Miles Sanders, Derek okay. Henry, Miles Harris, Cam Akers, and, and Javonta Williams. I think I had Javonta. No, I didn't have Javonta. Do I have Javonta? I don't know. I don't maybe not. But um, and then at receiver, I had like I had the Adams, I had OBJ, I had Michael Thomas, I had um, the beginning of the season, Devonta Smith, Traylon Burks, I had Olave or not not, not Olave, uh, Debo, and I picked up Romeo Dubs. Like so, I, 
I had a pretty, on paper, I had a pretty good team, depth and everything. Pretty, and it just didn't, it just didn't work out. Just didn't, Adams and Derrick Henry, are the and Kyler are the only pieces that are actually producing. Debo's kind of under underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a trade early in the season for Pittman, which is probably the worst trade ever made. Because I gave up Burks, I gave up value. I gave up Burks, and before the season, I gave up Burks and Devonta for Pittman. Um, oh prob- probably the worst trade ever made. Looking back on it, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, I'm going quality. So, like, I kind of looked at it and said, "It's time. It's time to just cut bait. Make sure I don't get stuck holding the bag on Derrick Henry." And this is the second time I've traded tra- Derrick Henry this season, and it, and it hurts me. But I think it's time. I gave up Miles Sanders, I gave up Debo, and I gave up Derrick Henry. And in return, I received Rashad White, Chris Olave, and a 23 first. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Wait, 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 wait. What? Like, you gave up Miles? Yeah, Miles, Debo, Miles, and Derrick Henry. Debo, Henry. Okay. And I got Rashad White, a first, and Chris Olave. And the way I look oh, at it fuck? is... I'll take Rashad, I'll take Rashad, Rashad White. over Miles. I'll okay, take yeah, so that's good. Olave. Yep. I'll take Olave... I'll take a lobby over Debo plus Derrick Henry, and you get a free first. Oh, I think that's a little insane, but a lobby is fantastic, and yeah, I think a lobby is great. I don't know, like, like obviously, uh, I don't know, might sound a little bit aggressive. Maybe I'm being a little aggressive. Like, maybe it's like a lobby and like a two over Debo plus Derrick Henry, but like uh, I, I with, with Henry at twenty eight. From a normal perspective, like outside of an Akash perspective, a normal market perspective, the trade is very simple. A, a Rashad yeah. for Miles swap, mm-hmm. a yep. Debo for Olave swap, kind of, and then Derrick Henry for a first swap. You know, so for somebody that's kind of cashing in on the season, I'm getting out from under Miles, who is an unrestricted free agent. We have Derrick Henry, who's now 28, who I love, and I think he still can be good for another couple of years because he's a fucking mutant. And then Debo, I just kind of want to get from out from under at this point too. He's aging. There's way too many mouths to feed. They don't have the right pieces to feed him. Um, yeah. And I love Olave. So I feel like Debo's value is definitely being carried because he's a he's definitely underproducing his talent. We know the kind of player he yeah. is. But at 26, almost 27, it's not something where I'm really looking to buy into a player underperforming their talent at 27. Like if he was 20 four or something like that then yeah i'd be into buying him but right now it's definitely something where his value is in is a pretty high for his combination of age plus production and then like obviously like the talent is better than his production but it's just something i'm like probably lower on than adp and then olave's adp is skyrocketing like his value comes startups i think he's going to be an early second mid second in startups yeah, I think I think he's on a great trajectory, and I basically looked at it and said, "Okay, I, I want Olave. I got a couple young, like obviously Pittman's still he's technically twenty five. I got like Eli Moore if he ever revives himself. I got your favorite Nico Collins. You know, I got Donovan Peoples Jones, your other favorite. Oh, I got man. Sky Moore, your third favorite. I love Sky so, Moore. Yeah. Nico Collins this last week had. 10 targets and 175 oh, air God. yards I, I, I and just it manifested at... itself into three catches for 35 yards very <laughs> funny tutty, it's a good a week it's a good week in terms of like yeah good air yards it's just funny how little it man it turned into actual yards hurley what do you think of that trade yeah i think it's a great trade for both teams the guy that you traded with obviously he's sitting at like the fifth seed but you know it's anybody's game when you get into the playoffs so he's locked into the playoffs um and I think it stands. It's probably a smart idea to mention that the 2023 first that you're getting. I don't think you mentioned this is currently sitting as the 110 in a 10-man league, so it's the last pick. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit closer than than you guys are making it out to be, but definitely a very strong okay. move for a retooling team like yours. I think that that's a perfect perfect process. I, now I got to find a, a home for Devonta Adams. And would you have done that trade if the Olave Debo part was not in there? Because I don't understand that part from. I don't understand that part uh, of the trade, honestly. Like, unless you will have, unless that was like a, like a, in discussions, like if you're like, I need to have this swap in there. My, my, my main target was Olave. Like, I, I, yeah, I okay. win after good. that That's for good. Olave. Um, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, so probably not. I probably should have. I get kind of, I, I want what I want, and I don't. Unlike the person we were talking about prior with the like, kind of underselling, and even like yeah. with you with Pickens, like. If I feel like 
the market I have, I always look at it and says, say, whatever, I have nine guys in the market, 11 guys in the market. There's yeah. got to be somebody that I can move this player to that needs a contending piece, like a Derrick Henry or a Miles Sanders. So I'm going to exhaust do, yeah. every avenue before I just cut bait. And I kind of found Olave first. Okay, let me try this because I like Olave. And I think this deal works for both teams. I'm taking on the long-term risk. He's getting the short-term reward. And let's see if we both can be successful. So it's kind I, of, I definitely worked. agree with that, like in terms of what you're doing with, with uh, selling off contending. Like I was, when I was selling Saquon in one league, I talked, I ended up talking to like, I, I like went down the standings in order and messaged people like if they're interested. I ended up talking to like six people about him. I eventually got a trade done where I, it was like, it was a, like a couple months ago where I gave up uh, Saquon and a second for Olave and a 23 first. Obviously, it looks fantastic now because Olave just keep going up. Um, but I, I, I bought him midseason, like when he still had a 25% target share on a 14 A dot, and it just continued to be that. So I definitely agree with the mentality of like going after a cornerstone piece like that, where he has a fantastic role as a rookie and it's leading to production, and he's almost he's, he's looking like a star as a rookie. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of that trade just because uh, you got such a good young player like that. Yeah. And as well as yeah. a first, and I love first, and uh, Rashad White's Shout great too. It's a great yeah. trade. I my second trade is just because we were trying to think of trades we made in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I traded. It was a league where I woke up on Sunday morning and I realized I was going to set my lineups and I realized I don't have a third wide receiver for the week. And so, just because I had DJ Moore on by and my wide receiver depth was bad without uh, like Michael Thomas and then like probably traded away someone else and like no one on my bench just because like that's not how we approach the like the startup draft where we just build our bench with running backs like uh type of guys like like Raheem Mostert's and Melvin Gordon's and uh Jontrell Hilliard's and stuff like that but I I it was probably 10 minutes till kickoff and I said at all in the sleeper chat and I was like I'm looking for a wide receiver this week and someone okay so this is a little funny thing but someone sent me and i post this on twitter someone sent me tyler boyd uh tyler boyd kj osborne and i forgot who the other one was but someone bad so you can just put in your head like a i don't know, like a taekwon thorn or something for saquon barkley and i was just laughing about it but then five minutes ago someone sends me adam thielen for a third and i just took it and plugged that thielen mm. in and okay try to get yeah. a usable week out of him he had like five points but yeah well, i tried i think I, I still won the week though like it's yeah. not it's something where it's great to get out out of Thielen if you are because the guy had like i don't know why he still had Thielen because his team is like four and eight but uh like i don't know i was just you getting the usable week out of him and it worked because I I won. He didn't contribute much. If I had a zero, I still would have won. But yeah, what what I you know here's the thing. I, this is the guy having Adam Thielen, and your trade it's it's a third for Adam Thielen. Totally yeah, fine. I get yeah. both sides. Definitely. Uh, but I, I do this now in rebuilders. I guess I've been doing it when I'm rebuilding. It's if a guy strings together two good weeks and they're like a middling player, um, I just I'll put them up for auction. Say hey. This person's being moved. I'm I'm giving up this person by Thursday. Okay. Announce it to the league. Before kickoff, Do you say best what you offer want? gets him. Nope. Best offer gets him. Okay. Best offer gets him. So I, I put it out to the entire league. This like is what the level market. of player? Like are we talking about Rashad White level players? No, like no, no. I won't Jonathan do it with somebody like that. I'll do it with like, like uh, Adam Thielen level players. I'll do it with like guys in the at quarterback. I'll do it with like the Mariotas at okay. running back. I'll do it with the Deontay Foremans uh, at uh, receiver. I'll do it with like the Jacoby Myers who I actually think is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so like those types of players where they're just like flex plays, mm-hmm. wide receiver threes, back yeah. to quarterbacks, not long standing. So just kind of get out from under them before they lose value completely. Agreed. I'll set a deadline, take the best offer. It mm-hmm. kind of creates a like a mini rat race because everybody knows this person's available and they're going to be moved. And then I try to do that like once every couple of weeks, just find a player that I yeah. could just put up for auction. Uh, and it's a good way to force yourself to to move your assets that you don't need. 
what kind of player does it most work for? Because I feel like that would work work best for quarterbacks and running backs, less so for wide receivers. Those running backs, those backup, like those one week rentals, yeah. really good. Uh, like I got like a twenty, I got a twenty two, I got I think I got a twenty, no, I got twenty five second for Deonta Foreman. I was like, sure. Yeah. Like I, I, I some one of my leagues, someone like was they said, oh, I accidentally played Ramondre in my flex spot, so now I have no running backs, and so because one of his running backs went by or something, so he's like. So he went and traded the third for P Ryan, and it's worked great because P Ryan's had RB one weeks, and that's that's what I, I agree. It works best for that. I, I, you were talking about this earlier, but I feel like that would not work as well for some positions. Like if I had uh like a, a Marshall or like a Jack Stoll or something, and stuff happened that made them a bit more viable. Like I've I've you go put someone on the block like that, and I don't feel like you get the same. You don't get the same response, but I definitely agree with the running backs and quarterbacks. What happened, like, like for example, and I feel like this is something that I, I disagree with you about, but it's definitely debatable, and you could do it either way and still get good results. But what I do is, like, for example, I have Latavius Murray in, like, half my dynasty leagues just because I stash all these backup running backs. Um, and he's been relevant. Like, he's giving you, like, wide receiver, like, not wide receiver, he's giving you, like, RB3, two points sometimes, and it's usable if you need to fill in. And so what I've done in leagues where I'm not contending and I don't need the points, I put them on the block and I say specifically, I like, I mentioned like at all. And I say any three gets Latavius Murray because obviously you don't need Latavius. You're just looking for any value to cash out. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking all the pressure off of other people when it comes to what they should offer. Cause people oftentimes they don't want to have to think they just want to be like, okay, this is the price point I'm looking to buy. Because if like say, for example, if you're at a store um, and you're looking to buy something, it's a lot easier for you to want to buy something when you know what the price is and you don't have to be forced to haggle because people get they get lazy when they when they're doing trades. Like if I'm like if someone puts someone on the block that I'm interested in, sometimes I try to make an offer. I can't think of anything and I just end up not making any offer at all. But when I say get like just give me any third and you get him, it takes all the pressure off someone. It makes it super easy for them to be like, okay. Here's the third you wanted. Let's do it. And I just I've sold multiple shares off like that. And so I definitely like it's that's something I'll do for like players that people are willing to pay up for where it's like if I put uh, if I'm in a, like a big rebuild, um, I put like CMC on the block and I say best offer by the end that we get some 100% agree with that because people are going to like possibly pay up for CMC because he is a difference maker and He's valued very highly. But then you have to trade. The problem with doing it with CMC is you have to trade him for whatever you say you're going to trade him for, like best offer. No, no, no. I no, don't no. like that. What do you mean? You know what I mean? If you say best offer gets him. Because yeah. then the best offer gets That's him. That's what you do. You're held, you're held, no, no, but I won't do it with like a CMC. No, 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 no. I don't say I don't say best offer gets him. I'll say best acceptable offer gets him. If no one oh. sends an acceptable offer, I'm not going to trade him. I'm oh, going gotcha, to like yeah. go off and look for so, better deals. It depends on what you, it depends on, so like Foreman, for example. Yeah. Yeah, like a third, I got a second for him, right? So the, the, the fact that you I got that second. can be aggressive with what you're asking for. like. But then you won't, yeah, you won't always, you won't always get it. Yes, I think it depends on the, the player and depends on the league. Yeah. Both ways work depending on the situation. You may not always maximize doing it your way. I may not actually get any offer with yes, anything yes, doing it my way, right? So it kind of could backfire. But like what I do is <laughs> I take it a step further. Once I receive an offer, I announce that I've received an offer. Mm-hmm. Once I receive a second offer, I announce I received a second offer. So that in itself will kind of slowly drive up the price because now it's kind of like, oh, people want this person. So I should probably yeah. go play defense because the person that's going after Deonta Foreman is probably one of my competitors going in the playoffs and Mm-hmm. I need to go get him or I understand at least block that. him. I, I I understand that. I don't do that. Um, maybe I should. I'm not sure. Uh, just because it's something where, I don't know, I feel like there's some part of me that's just like, okay, just take what, take it and yeah, take what you ask for and that's a good negotiation. Whereas if you go announce that you've gotten another offer, someone can just say, okay, take the offer. I don't really need for him and all he does is give me like, 12 points per game it's fine i have other guys i was just looking for a filler i can get fillers elsewhere but i definitely understand something where it creates demand i think that's where that like that works best if you create a bidding war for a very very um if you create a bidding war for a, a very popular player a very valuable player like a 
like a, someone in like the first three rounds of a startup, that's where the, that's where I would do the like the type of bidding war where it's like if see if you don't trade for this guy who's scoring twenty points per game at running back, someone else will, and someone else is going to get a big addition to their lineup. Good discussion, guys. Lots of stuff about trades, uh, and keep tuning in because I think as the season winds down, it's going to be kind of all about trades now. Here, there's going to be a little bit less action to talk about, less injuries, stuff like that. Um, maybe we're going to get into the, some of the uh, 2023 rookie draft class really soon here. I think it's not too soon for that, obviously. Those will be some fun uh, fun podcasts as well. Hey, guys, make sure you check out our website, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Find us on Twitter, at FFDynastyTrade. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll check you guys next week. Bye. Bye.